1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast.
2: Pain and Pendergast with you into the uh, 9 o'clock hour we go. So, uh, big win for the Cougs last night. Over Iowa State. They get revenge on Iowa State. Quite the atmosphere. I'm going to the Kansas game in a couple of weeks. The season, oh. the regular season finale at Fortita Center. I'm very I, excited. I think I'm going to be there, too,
3: doing some side work. Doing, oh, good. Some, doing some freelance work there, yeah. some writing. So yeah, we very might excited. might run into each other. Very there.
2: stressful. It's very I, I get stressed out watching Kelvin Sampson's team play defense. They're all over the place. Yeah, well, you know, like in a good way because I'm reading right them, in obviously. a good way because
3: yeah. I, I've made this I made this point I think last night watching the game, and I've made it a ton of times over the last several years watching them play, and and they feel even more like that this year. They I made the basketball or football analogy before. But they truly do feel like it's seven guys out there. Like the way, yes. that, the way that they play yeah, it's crazy. defense, you're like, are we sure? Like, you want to do the pause, the pause the game and count the people on the court? Yeah. Like, do they have 12 men on the field? Do they have six or seven guys out there playing defense at a time? Yeah, it I feels bet, like that.
2: I bet the under last night because of the defense, and it didn't work out because both teams just started shooting the lights out in the second half. I'm going to start betting unders on them in the first half. You know, it feels yeah, like, especially yeah, that, at home, like guys, the teams have a tough time maybe getting their legs under them with the crowd into it. Yeah. That's a loud crowd. That's a loud crowd that is the new Showtime Lakers crowd of uh, Houston sports. Yeah, I, I made Stars this. Stars come out for yeah, Koon Sports, man.
3: For sure. I made this analogy earlier in the show. It is like our version, somewhat of a lesser version because, you know, it's not the Lakers, but it is like a Showtimey feel, you know, uh, a forum, staple center. I'm never going to call it crypto, but, you know, it, it has that vibe of it for the Fertitta Center. And I thought, curious what you think about this, even before now, when it became this, that the Fertitta Center, since it's been around the last several years, has been in the argument for best local sports venue, like best place to watch a sporting event. It has oh, yeah. somewhat to do with the quality of basketball, yeah. or the quality of the team that the Cougars have, yep. but also the Fertitta Center, a nice, cozy, and obviously new Sporting venue. I, I like going there.
2: We we have good venues here. It's the. I mean, the thing about the Fertitta Center that's unique to it is, one, it's a college atmosphere, so you're not going to get the same late-arriving crowd you get to NRG Stadium, Minute Maid Park. That's true. And Toyota Center. So the general atmosphere of the crowd going to the game helps that place. It's so cozy and tight. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, as far as, like, the atmosphere of, like, yeah. being somewhere like, man, this is electric in yeah. here, that place is – Electric, though, like the percentage of times it's electric is the highest percentage of electricity, maybe. Yes. And maybe even include a Minute Maid Park because the fact of the matter is, like, the regular season games for the Astros are fun, yep. but they don't get that level of juice. The playoffs do. Yeah. And the important games do. And Ranger yeah. games do. And things yeah. like that.
3: Yeah. P- playoff Minute Maid Park, postseason Minute Maid Park would not only rival it, but would outsize it easily. Right. But just, you know, random Saturday, random Monday night, go to a game. You know to, for me, for for my money, for T- and, and obviously, it's the coziness of it. it's yep. so small. Minute Maid Park, you got to navigate through a big you know through a big venue. I love going to the to the fortita Center for for events.
2: Do you think that um, Texan fans that were concerned about C.J. Stroud leaving Minute Maid Park with Amber Rose last Thursday have been relieved to see him show up Saturday and Monday, courtside with his best buddy, Tank Dell? As opposed to showing up with Amber Rose courtside at either of those games, or as opposed to not being there at all. Tank just sitting there by himself wondering where's CJ at.
3: Yeah, I I think the relief part of it, the relief part of it to me has to be that, hey, at least we don't feel like that's all CJ Shroud is doing with his time. Right. Like without knowing exactly the degree of which this – encounter developed we don't know what's going on or what's not going on in C.J. Stroud's personal life his public appearances and this could be a different conversation later on depending on how things play out throughout the season right if we're you know a year from now or six seven eight months from now nine months from now whatever it is question: questionated hey, C.J. Stroud was did he stretch himself too thin in the offseason like we'll see how he plays and whether this conversation resurfaces but in the immediacy in the right now, it has to make everybody feel better seeing him courtside with Tank Dell on Saturday and Monday, yeah. right? To, to see, to, you know, right after the celebrity game, there he is just, just taking in sports, having a good time with his bros. You know, not, not, not somewhere buried. <laughs> I was going to say buried in, buried in Amber Rose or buried with Amber Rose. Not the pun I was looking for, but, uh, but none of that. None of that. Right, right. I think right. we all feel
2: better about this. Um, for sure. Um, are you and I? Okay, so you you know, I'm of mine. I think that CJ, call me naive. I think that CJ actually drove her back to her hotel, dropped her off, and then he went he went on about his business. She went back up to her room or did whatever she does. Yeah. Once she gets dropped off at her hotel, it's their business, whatever they do. But I do think that that's what happened. Um. I think you're of the same mind. Am, am I right that you believe that as well? Or do, do, yeah. So, okay. so
3: not only that, I got two layers to this. Okay. I agree with you that more likely than not, Yeah. even like who's to say what was in the imagination, what he's thinking about, because sure. I'm, I'm looking at it like C.J. Stroud is born in the early 2000s. Amber Rose, her she rises to fame and prominence around 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. So which is to say C.J. Stroud was a little boy when Amber Rose was first becoming a sex symbol, or like a national pop culture sex symbol. Right. Which is to say, she's been a sex symbol for as long as CJ Stroud has known what that is. Okay, so to me, a guy that age is probably sitting in the car with Amber Rose with some ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the red-blooded man didn't have no ideas. I'm sure he did. But the likelihood of that turning into much more than that, I think, is pretty low. But I also think... And I, I don't know what kind of game C.J. Stroud has.
2: That's my question. I don't know. That's my question because I here's my feeling. Not to interrupt. No, no, no. That was a question I have too because I, I think the fact that the – I think a lot of what makes C.J. Stroud really cool yeah. is, one, he's super friendly. Yeah. And, two, he's a football player. Yeah. And I think outside of that, like, I think if you remove football player from it, he's kind of nerdy. Yeah. And I don't mean that as an insult. Like, I think he – like, maybe not naive is the right word, because he's seen a lot of stuff, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know that he's the guy that, like, to your point, just, like, spits game at girls. Yeah,
3: he feels more of, like, a tunnel vision, hyper-focused type of athlete. Like, he he seems to understand the level of focus that it takes to arrive in the place that he's arrived, uh, you know, in his, in his career so far. But, and maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I also think the other layer of this for me is it may, I don't know if it's think or hope trafficking, but I would like to hope that CJ Stroud has a level of focus to where he understands the proper level of balance of distance and connectivity to Amber Rose. And I hate to do this cause I don't want to like slut shame Amber Rose, mm-hmm. but I feel like he like whatever kind of game he has He does know what purposes and how, in what ways Amber Rose could serve him, you know? And I think he understands that, like, my girlfriend or my, like, you know, long term significant other or anything like that is not it. Yes. You know, so which is this? this that's a long way. When did we? When did way of me saying? I feel like if he did have, if he does have game, he knows what to do. Yes, you know what I mean. He understands the assignment. I think so to speak. he.
2: I think he evaluates everything with what impact does this have on my football career? Yeah, I think that's the prism he looks at it through. Which is also I don't why think he's impulsive like that.
3: Well, but also why I feel like this was kind of a setup. Yeah, by the folks that are more. Media savvy and viral moment savvy, Mm -hmm. like an Amber Rose, like, you know, a radio station like Mm -hmm. ours, you know, 97.9 The Box doing like to me, this was more of this was more manufactured than it was real.
2: Yeah. Um. Now, as far as other hosts at the station, John Lopez basically assumed that he went back to her room. He was saying yesterday, when you go back to somebody's room and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa.
3: Um, I, so, I need a, I need a movie or a documentary on the John Lopez pre-Jan days. Like I, I need to know how many times was oh, John Lopez partied, I think. Yeah, I, I just got I,
2: stories from the road. I'm sure. Want to be a fly on the wall? Yeah. So John. John definitely thinks something happened. Both guys, all three guys on the drive, I think, think something happened for sure between the two of them. As you pointed out, Ron is hoping something happened. Yeah. Well, begging for something to have happened.
3: Yeah. Well, th- those guys are perverts. So I mean, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I, and, yeah, and I'm close enough with them to mm-hmm. to, just to I'd say it to their face, right? All of them, all three of them, perverts. Yep, perverts, <laughs> just complete perverts. <laughs> They've had uh, long discussions, about, uh, you know, about this sort of topic without it happening before.
2: That's their thing. I'm on my walk yesterday, and I'm listening to them, and Clint is going, "Man, he was carrying her bags out to the car," and I, I said, "Those didn't look like bag, like bag." When I think it's carrying a woman's bags, I'm thinking like roller bag or a suitcase or whatever. And I'm like, man, CJ's got like a Nike bag over his shoulder and a Nike bag in his hand. Yeah. I'm like, those are his athletic bags. Yeah. And so I text Clint. I'm like, dude, those are Nike bags. And Clint's like, those were handed out by the cactus Jack people at the, uh, at the event. They were, you know, they, I forget what the label was he used for. Basically they were given their swag bag. They were given to the celebrities as, as a gift for going there. So he's carrying two of them. One of them, I guess has to be hers. Like, dang, Clint, you did the research on this. I'm gonna stand down right now. Yeah, but I mean, that's just being a gentleman. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't like, even think that means like you're trying to get laid or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I like, I,
3: I think that carrying Amber Rose's bags is kind of like a. It, it, if you're gonna volunteer to take her to her hotel, I don't think it's that it's a bridge too far to go the next yeah. the extra mile and carry her bags to the car. If
2: I see a female coworker who is struggling to carry multiple things into yeah. the building or around the building, I offer to help. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean,
3: th- that's that's what
2: any, damn Clint. That's what any Boy, of us. You know who a big loser in blind. all this is? Lauren Sterner, <laughs> who clearly never gets her bags carried for. Well, and
3: only gets them carried. So you know, She's trying to get in her pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I feel like they I feel like they're being open about that,
2: dude. I've had a few people send me this clip from the LSU Vanderbilt women's basketball game. I don't know when this game took place. Must be last night because this is floating around the internet. Okay, so let's take a let's take a listen to this. I'm not going to say anything. all right. This is it's fifty one thirty seven LSU over Vanderbilt. They're in the whatever. I, women's basketball goes by quarters, right? It's like they' they're, they're in the third quarter something like that, coming out of a timeout. And you've listened to this, B. Scott. Who is the color analyst on this again?
3: This is Carolyn Peck, one Carolyn of the more Peck. popular women's basketball analysts. She's yes.
2: very good, right? Yeah, she's very good. Uh, shot blocker, six four. Okay. Yeah. So they're coming out of a timeout, and this is Carolyn Peck saying what she would be saying to her team if she were the coach. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay in this ball game, Stay excited. Stay enthusiastic. Pull your team through. I don't care if the officials are telling you to sit down. Okay, now, here's the thing. When you first hear that, then play the beginning one more time. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay in this ballgame. Okay, there you go. There you go. I mean, you're so <laughs> jarred by the fact you think she said the B word yeah. that you don't listen to the rest of what no. she said. Like, did she? Is that? I'm, like, I'm looking at tweets, and people are going, someone's getting fired.
3: Does she know she's on the air? Does she
2: know? <laughs> Is that a hot mic? Yeah. So what she was saying, if you listen to the rest of her content there, and some of you have figured this out probably, she was saying bench, bench. Be- not, bench. not bitch.
3: Yeah, no, but but she's from Tennessee. She is. So that's her accent. Okay. That's how she sounds. That's how the folks out there sound sometimes. Okay. So that's what I
2: have to look for. My, my daughter lives in Tennessee. If she picks up an accent, that's what I've got to look for. Ho-
3: hopefully she doesn't come back to that. My bench. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. My bench wasn't good. Where do
2: you want me to sit, Judy? On the bench. Go sit on the bench. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So play it one more time, Ben. Accent's gone wrong. Yeah. Play one more time. As a coach, I say, bitch, stay in this ballgame. Stay excited. Stay enthusiastic. Pull your team through. I don't care if the officials are telling you to sit down. Okay, that's the tell right there. Because yeah. she could potentially be telling a bitch yeah. to stay, in, <laughs> stay enthusiastic and stay in, excited. Um, I like it better if she was. <laughs> I, but, but the part where she said, doesn't matter if the officials are telling you to sit down. I like how she would encourage her team to just risk a technical foul.
3: Yeah. Well, we also have to consider, and this is why I thought it was in play, as ridiculous as it sounds, women over time have sort of reclaimed this word, and it's a word that they use amongst each other in in a way that if you or I were to use it to them would be very much different and, and inappropriate. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I do actually see a scenario where a female coach, a woman coach could talk to her women players and call them bitches without it being an issue. Right. You know, like, just this is how we talk to each other. Right. It's just that once you translate that to your game commentary, it doesn't resonate the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even, even if that's what you were to
2: say. Yes, yes. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so we, so we determined. It was definitely Bench, she was saying. So any of you that saw that or you're passing it around on social media, like, she's going to get fired. What did she just say? How could she be so disrespectful? She's just talking to her bench.
3: Yeah. The, uh, know, <laughs> we got a texture from A32. Yeah. They spell it B-triple-I-N-T-C-H. <laughs> yes. So com- combining that's the words exactly literally, right. phonetically exactly, and in spelling.
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, text message. I still don't know or care who Amber Rose is, but then I'm a 55-year-old white guy. A, so am I. And B, if you are a Texan fan, you should... At least I would say like 5% care who Amber Rose is. A little bit. What percent do you need to care who Amber Rose is right now? uh, Tell me how much you care about the Texans. Well, I mean, I care about the Texans 150%. Well, I I mean, for this Texter
3: specifically, like if you care about the Texans, it's beyond the point if you understand or know what Amber Rose is So you should care because
2: it's a non-zero chance there's something there. The Texter should look it up. Okay.
3: Go and do some research on it. And yeah. I, and I think we've done a good job at the station in illustrating or trying to provide to you who she is and give her a background a little bit. But go look it up, and and that would explain to you why it's right. an issue, why it's a thing, why people are talking. We've
2: done about our it. best, but nobody can do Wikipedia's job quite like Wikipedia. Yeah,
3: she's Googleable. She's, she's very is. Googleable. She's Googleable. You can find this. She is not obscure to to the point to where you can't find out who this is.
2: Oh God, no.
3: Yeah. God, Pictures. No. Uh, literature, it's all there.
2: Yep. All right. uh, Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a Tuesday. All right. um, The the bit of news that got a lot of Texan fans excited yesterday. And do we think this is a move that Nick Casario has in his bag that would undoubtedly help C.J. Stroud and bring some serious sizzle to next season? We discuss
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi,
2: Payne and Pendergast. Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. Seth back tomorrow. Hey, we're giving away Hank Williams Jr. tickets this segment. So be listening. Your chance to go to the rodeo uh, and go see Hank Williams Jr. Should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, so it looks like Mike Evans is going to hit free agency, which I know hits the sweet spot for a lot of Texan fans out there. Diana Rossini of the athletic tweeted yesterday that, uh, she said today is the day that could save the bucks some money by re-signing all pro wide receiver, Mike Evans. However, that deal won't happen today. Look for the two sides to continue to negotiate in good faith as they work towards the start of free agency. So the all of the smoke seems to lead to Mike Evans hitting free agency. Doesn't mean he won't be back with the Bucs. I don't think the Bucs are going to use a franchise tag on him, if I had to guess. Uh, he is. Uh, today is the day they could do that. Today begins the two-week franchise tag window, as we've talked about a number of times on the show today. So Texan fans are naturally very, at the, at the very least, intrigued, some very enthusiastic about the possibility of Mike Evans becoming a Houston Texan. So if we, we do pros and cons on this thing, B Scott on the Mike Evans situation, pros are, you can, at least in Tampa Bay, you could, he was, I don't know that there's a more consistent player in the NFL period. than than Mike Evans, at least at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Over a thousand yards every single season he's been in the league. Um, plays at a the least amount of games he's played is 13 games. Most seasons he is a 16 or in this case 17 game guy.
3: So we're we're talking ability and availability. Availability he checks both of those boxes.
2: Ability those are two huge pros. Like his the history tells us that he's going to be productive. Now, what that looks like with Nico Collins and Tank Dell you know, he's been productive and that's been with Chris Godwin out there with him and other receivers through the years and so forth and and at times with not great quarterback play. Yeah. Here he'll have a potentially great quarterback. He's also from here and he's a great dude. Those are all big-time pros. The one minus is he's going to be 31 years old when the season starts. Yeah. And that's about the age that wide receivers begin to drop off. That's the balancing act right now. Well, and the, and, the, and the expense obviously. Yeah. He's going to be commanding One would think maybe not tippy top dollar, but dollars, dollars that make you really have to dollars that turn the wide receiver room moving forward into a bit of a puzzle. Yeah. Right now. It's easy. If you want to keep the wide receiver room intact, you extend Nico Collins by the time Nico Collins is, you know, a couple years in, then you can look at extending tank Dell. Yeah, that makes sense you 're drafting a receiver this year probably if you don't sign one in free agency and you're mixing a couple veteran guys in that's the easy recipe that's a recipe where you're taking whatever free agency puzzle is going on and applying it to some other position
3: yeah yeah or if Nico Collins is a franchise tag candidate next year or whatever yeah. what is what year is that that would be yeah that'll be, be next year, year. yeah the yeah. so last I mean, year of his deal coming up yeah not ideal but you know it, multiple ways to attack that problem if and when it Comes up. That's right. When, when you find yourself having to attack that problem. So it would be an issue, I think. Uh, but it's, a, it's an issue of kicking the can down the road and, and maybe having a plan for it right now, but also fully figuring it out a little bit later. I don't know, man. For me, it's like uh, this is what it comes down to with Mike Evans. Even if you have some trepidation about what that deal looks like on the back end with a receiver on the wrong side of 30. Do you have confidence that you would get a level of production from Mike Evans and that would translate into a level of success for the Texans that it would justify having to make those tough decisions Mm -hmm. in two years or three years? So like if two or three years from now, Mike Evans is giving you his very best, the the best of him that you're going to get, and he's got to be a cap casualty or you're looking at it and you're like, oh, man, we paid all this money to Mike Evans. He's not worth it anymore. Whatever. You got to figure it out. Will the front end of that deal justify having to deal with that issue? And my knee-jerk, and even when I think about it after a while, my reaction or thought or response is, yes. Yes, it would be worth it.
2: Yeah. I so think
3: I, I, I would be more inclined to want to You do it.
2: would. You would. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think the money can be better spent in other places for the Texans. I agree with that. I think that if they do this, it's an all-in move that says, we think we can win right now. If your splurge is Mike Evans – in a way, it's a referendum on so many things. One, it's a huge referendum, I think, on C.J. Stroud that you think, like, okay, this is the guy that can take us to be in, like, greatest show on turf type stuff Yep. if we just get him this wide receiver. Which I think I, they believe. I think it's a referendum on the offensive line in a way because if you're spending there, depending on what they do at the running back position... um, Then if Mike Evans is your splurge, then in a way, in a way you're saying like, we think some of the things that ailed us in the running game last year are going to get better in year two. Yeah. We don't have to, you know, we're going to be healthier. We don't have to throw resources at it. Again, I got to see what the other moves are. I do think a splurge at wide receiver probably means there's no splurge on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And that would shock me given the head coach, what he has openly said about the defensive line. He's a defensive head coach. He's a former linebacker. Um, that That's why the move would shock me. Uh, don't get me wrong. If they, if they were to sign Mike Evans, I don't even know if I need to look at what the numbers would be for it. It would be freaking really exciting. And I said this to you before the show. I don't put anything. After the Will Anderson trade last year, I don't put anything outside the realm of possibility with the Texans anymore. Yeah. Like as far as making moves where people go, Whoa, that is now that granted that's a move with draft capital not salary cap dollars. Those are two different assets, and they they age and they function differently. But I think the one thing we can say about Nick Casario that maybe surprises some people is he's got big moves in him.
3: Yeah, it's interesting the way you position that of if you splurge on Mike Evans or just wide receiver in general, but let's keep this one to Mike Evans. If you do that, what's the impact on the defensive side of the ball? When I've, I've more so thought about it as, hey, it's... Mike Evans or something like that versus Saquon Barkley or something like that. Like I've focused strictly on the offensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball, Mm -hmm. but haven't thought much about if you splurge on any of those guys, what is it going to either allow you or not allow you to do on the defensive side? Cap
2: dollars are position agnostic. Yeah. They apply the same everywhere.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's just math. Yeah. So like, yeah, I get that. Uh, hadn't thought much about it, but I, I guess for me, and this is a little bit of hope trafficking, but for me, I feel like you need more pieces on offense and in the loop calls it, the D'Amico Pixie does. I don't know if it's exactly that, but I trust D'Amico Ryans with whatever defensive pieces yeah. they find themselves with, whether it's the bargain bin shopping that they've been doing before, or if yeah. it's in the draft or whatever the case may be. I feel like you put some defensive guys out there with the foundation that they have already, right? Will Anderson uh, as your defensive end. Christian Harris emerging as what seems like a plus linebacker. Yeah. And, of course, Derek Stingley, I think, is going to be an elite cornerback if he, while he's healthy. As long as he's healthy, maybe they can piece the rest of it together with D'Amico Ryans.
2: This is the battle. This is the tale of the tape as far as, like, okay, which side are we allowed to maybe minimize a little bit Yeah, because of the elite traits of a particular person. It's the D'Amico pixie dust versus the – CJ raises the level of the yeah. receivers around him. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's that's the balancing act. Like, do okay? Do we need to go get Justin Matabika on the defensive line, or do we need to go get Mike Evans on this side? Like, which is the yeah? You know, and some well, of that'll be determined by the actual players themselves. It's free agency. That's it's what I'm draft. saying.
3: Yeah. So it's it's both sides of yeah. that, right? It's what you just said, but then it's also okay. Who are just the better players? Yeah, and. Much love the Justin Matabike, but the best defensive player available is not one that you feel like is attainable in Chris Jones. That's right. So if we're not getting Chris Jones and we're we're talking about splurging here, Mm -hmm. what are we splurging on? And to me, if you were to give me a wish list of splurges, they would all come on the offensive side of the ball Mm. based off of what this market looks like. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs. Those names would be higher than any of the non-Chris Jones defensive names Mm. for me.
2: Yep. Um, Jameis Winston had an interesting take on Mike Evans. Are you more sold on Mike Evans after listening to Jameis Winston on why Mike Evans is different from any other wide receivers from the state of Texas?
4: So uh, I think Texas receivers, they just I feel like they're they're different, but Mike is different. Mike is from, from Galveston. I, 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 always, I always tell this to people, and this is something that me and uh, my trainer talk about a lot. If you are born Around water Like you have a different way of life You function differently And I just, I just feel like you function differently Because water Like water has no soul You know it doesn't discriminate against anybody You get in that water It's going to take you wherever it goes yeah. So I feel like people that are around water they're, They are very strong will. They're a one with water, mm-hmm. you know. what I'm saying, and Mike is from Galveston. If you've been to Galveston, Galveston's known for you know. I don't know what they're known for because I'm not from there, but I know they have a beach. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's it's not a pretty beach. No, they're you know? known for oil. There's uh, it's some of the dirtiest sand in America. Yeah. yeah. It, yes. Yeah. But it's not a pretty beach. So Mike is from that muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it might be oil muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's still muck. So uh, so he he he's a little different. I don't I don't classify him as like the regular Texas receivers.
2: Um. Let me just say, in that video, that, what, about minute of footage right there, Jameis Winston didn't crack a smile one time. He was serious. He is dead-ass serious, dead serious about that take. dead-ass serious about that. Water has no soul, and that's why Mike Evans is built different.
3: He's got some truths in there. There are some truths in there. Water does not have a soul. I, I feel confident saying that. I don't know. It's hard to know what all has soul, what water has, but right. I don't feel like water has a soul. It certainly does not discriminate, but I don't feel like... First of all, I don't I don't have any information that uh, Mike Evans is a water baby that, that you know, his mom did a water yeah. birth or he was born on a boat or anything like that. Like it, being <laughs> from an island specifically, I don't think makes you tough now being from Galveston. Yeah. OK. Uh, and it, it, if you don't know about Galveston, it's hard to necessarily know this. And maybe maybe Jameis knows a little bit more about it than he than he thinks, even though he should know Barry White and maybe history should have taught him at some point that that's where the, you know the slaves in Texas found out that they were free mm-hmm. and all of that. Like the Galveston's got some got some stuff that you should know history, about history. Yeah, but but if you don't know, it can be a rough place. Yeah, and if yeah, I don't think it's got nothing to do with water. Okay, no, but just isolated it's in a rough. vacuum. Yeah, if you're from Galveston, I have I have yet to meet uh, a sucker from Galveston. Right, I put it to you that way. I don't know no suckers from Galveston. Uh, shout out to Galveston. I think he's right about that. His logic and how he arrives to that point, I think, is a little. Uh, is a little
2: shaky, yeah, but he does make some points. Um, <laughs> text message, oddly enough. Text message, he always makes points. Jameis Winston, they're just you know they're they're Jameis points. Um, text message, Mike Evans is Aquaman, and not, I mean not exactly. I, I don't think that's where Jameis was going. Although, well, I take it all back. That actually does sound like where Jameis was going. Jameis made it sound like Mike Evans spent all day in the water. Yeah, and he was battling against whatever. Yeah, w- w- whatever will the water had to do with Mike Evans? And yada yada yada, he's still here. Yeah, like he's, he's one of those beat the water.
3: Uh, like he's one of those underwater Wakandans in the second Black Panther. They they had this whole like underwater Wakanda uh, that's part of the comic books or whatever. But those guys are like, you know, basically. Wakanda underwater mm-hmm. and it's like he's a he's an underwater That's superhero of some kind yeah it's kind of it's
2: odd yeah man
4: they're one with water they're one with water they
2: are one water has no soul it's good analysis by Jameis I'm yeah. told on the text page that the entire Jameis interview is gold yeah, yeah of course it is yeah it's Jameis yeah B Scott and I made a campaign earlier in the show when we played this audio for the Texans to get Jameis but just not let him near CJ Stroud yeah Sign him as the backup quarterback or the emergency quarterback, but just don't let him near C.J. Stroud. Not without supervision. Just send him to the podium every day.
3: Yeah, don't leave him alone with C.J. Stroud. Right, if right. they're around each other, there needs to be actual adult supervision there.
2: Yes, yes, but make him available to the media every single day.
3: Specifically this show.
2: Give him his own podcast. <laughs> Specifically this show. Give him his own podcast. Make Take one of your Channel 13 properties and either add one or you got to convert one of them. Sorry, Drew. If they got to convert Texans' extra points to jamming with Jameis or something like that. I'm just thinking of the Winning extra, time with Winston, whatever it is. I'm sorry, thinking, you're
3: out. I'm thinking of the extra element, extra dynamic that it would add to y'all's oh. Nick Casario interviews. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, we had Jameis on earlier in the week. And last week. <laughs>
2: and God, he, I hope they sign Mike Evans And now. he said
3: that Mike Evans is one I, with water. I, God, I Did hope that they, factor into your decision making? I'm not
2: even joking. If they sign Mike Evans... we're going to play that that Jameis audio for Nick and say, how much did this factor into your scouting report?
3: Nick, in recruiting Mike Evans, did y'all throw him into a pool and see how he reacted?
2: (laughs) Let's take it a step further and take a look at how many Texans players actually grew up near water. Yeah. And take a look and see. Yeah. Jameis is the best. All right. (laughs) Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. Seth's back tomorrow. Payne and Pendergast with you here. Oh, let's give away the Hank Williams Jr. tickets. That's right. Yeah. Told you we would. Uh, call now, 713-572-4610. Caller number five wins a pair of tickets to see Hank Williams Jr. live at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. It's March the 4th. to Monday. That's caller number five, 713-572-4610. Keep listening all day to win tickets to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Two more chances at Hank, Hank Williams Jr. tickets during In the Loop, and then uh, two chances at Jelly Roll tickets during the drive. So uh, be listening during both of those shows for a chance to win tickets to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Go for it. Caller number five. Uh, cap casualties. We're going to start seeing some of them. Who is the most likely Texan to get discarded as a cap casualty? I think there's one name that feels like, a, feels like they're in first place right now. And we will tell you who that is coming up next. It's here.
5: After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network.
1: Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at and t at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. left 15 days qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations,
5: timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because
1: that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right,
2: Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. We'll uh, hand it over to In the Loop at the top of the hour. So, a few things coming up these next couple weeks franchise tags NFL football um and then i think we we will probably start to see some teams shed some guys here as they you know they got to get they got to get under the cap before free agency starts teams do so we're going to while we sit here and scour these lists of like the 50 best free agents or the 150 best free agents or however many um there are going to be other names that get thrown out onto the market that are going to be maybe not as enticing, maybe some more enticing. Who knows? Because if you're a salary cap cut, there's usually a reason for it. Maybe you're a distressed asset and you're a little bit cheaper. I guess if there's a Texan, there's an article on The Athletic that lists one cap casualty, for one likely cap casualty for each NFL team. You and I both guessed that one for the Texans within about a second and a half, Robert Woods. Yeah. Um, Texans have an estimated 65.4 million in cap space, so they're in good shape. Only three teams figured have more than Houston. Their top salary cap hits are Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, Malik <laughs> Collins, yeah. and Robert Woods. Yeah, these it's are the names we went over. Yeah. Biggest cap is well, when you got a team with a bunch of one-year guys, yeah. and a bunch of rookies on it, or guys on rookie deals. That's how you get $65.4 65. in cap space. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Three years from now, it won't be this way anymore. Majority of the guys on the team are free agents. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, there's not even a long list of dudes to pick from. we are on the team. Right. right. Uh, article says, while Woods has been regarded as a reliable veteran, his production has declined in recent years. Last season, he recorded only 40 catches for 426 yards and a touchdown in 14 games. Me, more, than, more than I remember. Let me stop right there. Exactly. <laughs> It feels like 30 of those were in the first six weeks. Yes. He did nothing after the second half of the season started. He was banged up. And by all accounts, he did provide good leadership in the room. Oh, they revere him in that room. They love him. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the thought on Robert Woods in-house
3: is way different from the external thought. And they to, love the guy.
2: And to that point, if they were to cut him, and uh, well, here's says uh, the looming cap hit on Woods would cause the Texans to deem the soon-to-be 32-year-old expendable. I would agree with that. Releasing Woods would come with a $4.75 million dead cap hit. So you got about $5 million in dead money, but you're picking up about $5 million in space versus what it would be to have him on the team. Um, I, and I would say this. I would think, based on what you said about that wide receiver room, that the Texans will have felt like they got out of Robert Woods what they wanted to get out of him. Yeah. The first couple years that Nick Casario was here, it was very evident what they were doing with veterans that they were bringing in. These were not guys that were going to take them to a Super Bowl, especially the first couple years. These are a lot of them are guys barely hanging on, but they were guys who could at least show some of the young guys the ropes. I think this past year they were doing something similar with the veterans. They were just shopping in a different aisle in terms of the quality of player. Yeah. And I think Robert Woods was that for a wide receiver room. And now you look at it and you go, man, you got Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Both guys who are great dudes coming out of that room. And I got to imagine that the team at least looks at the leadership of Robert Woods as part of the reason why we feel like we've got two really good assets in the receiver room. Got to go get more. Yeah. But uh, but so Robert, Woods bottom line is, I wouldn't, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they cut Robert Woods in the next week or two. And the impact? Well, no.
3: I, I've been saying for a while that every wide receiver that is left over on the team that's not named Tank Dale or Nico Collins should be fighting for a roster spot. McHie yeah, Hutchinson, all, of, all them. of them. Yeah. Or in this case, with Robert Woods, be a cap casualty. If, that's right. If he's not a cap casualty, you know, which makes you think, like, okay, if you could have saved money on the cap, you know, like. He should be fighting for a roster spot at this yeah. point. But the, the question I think is, does whatever leadership impact that he left on, not just that room, but on that team overall, like everybody, like specifically to the room, obviously, but just overall, the team, C.J. Stroud, like everybody who's anybody on the team looked at Robert Woods, Sheldon Rankins felt along, in, along these lines as well. Mm-hmm. as just guys who were seasoned, wise veterans who you, go to in a private moment if you needed to, could come and speak in front of the team if that was what, ne- is what was needed. They were those kind of guys. Has the impact of those kind of guys rubbed off enough on the younger guys who are definitely going to still be around to where they can carry some of that load and maybe that $5 million that you free up by cutting Robert Woods is $5 million that you can put toward paying, say, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or who, what? what I, I just inserted a name there. Yeah. But whoever your favorite name is, can they use that money to go get that guy?
2: The $18.7 million on Titus Howard, man, just bats you right between. And I hope the best for Titus. Hope he recovers from the knee injury. Hope he plays right tackle this year and not left guard.
3: Titus Howard is the most mismanaged Texan of my life that I can remember. And you have a better, you're a better Texan historian than I am, so I would I would actually rely on you to check me on this. Yeah, yeah. But this is just my feeling. The fact that the guy, even they paid him, but they only they only actually play him at his position every other year. Think about this, Sean. He comes in in 2019, drafted in the first round. Some felt probably overdrafted out of a small school, and wasn't even always an offensive lineman. Developed into that in college, and he plays a little guard, plays a little tackle. Yep. And they went out and, and traded for a tackle, you know, like for that, Laramie, that yeah. like before that season started. But that whole offseason was we drafted a tackle in the first round, yep. played him at guard, and we went and traded for a tackle, traded for a, a mid- bunch of first round picks. Yeah, what the hell are we doing? Different regime. But then since then, every other year he's played guard, tackle, guard. You know what and I mean?
2: Somehow managed to get an extension through the whole thing.
3: Yeah, and that and then that is part of the management. Like, how do you even know to pay a guy that you haven't even consistently played at one position at, at at a premium position well, that you're going to pay him for?
2: Now he's in a new scheme, yeah. That's very intense for offensive linemen, I would say. You know, just in terms of the learning that goes on with it. He has been. I'm not gonna say chronically. He has been
3: criminally mismanaged.
2: Well, I think a lot of people out there would say mismanage me and give me 18.7 million a year. I get yeah, no, it. No, it's good for, good for him. You're saying that's from a team's perspective. Yeah, we're the ones that are like, yeah. okay,
3: because like I, I listen to these guys, the in the loop, they're gonna they're gonna whenever they talk about Titus Howard next, their conversation is, is he good? Well, there's no excuse for that to pay a guy and guys who watch the team every day aren't even sure if he's good. I think he's good. They they're not sure. Right. But the fact that it's even a question and it's only a question. Because you won't leave him at one
2: spot. Yeah, yeah, and he'd have been hitting free agency this year. Yeah, Right? Because they exercised his fifth-year option. Last yeah. year would have been his fifth-year option.
3: Yeah. They definitely paid him too early. Yes. For sure. They, yep. didn't, they did not need to or have to. And, you know, good for you, Titus. You know, generational wealth and all of that. Happy for you and your family. But yeah. they didn't have to do it.
2: Paying him early was a miss. We'll see if he as a player is a miss. Um, man, I'm looking at this cap casualty article on The Athletic that we just pulled Robert Woods from here. They've got one for each team. Dude, I might do some shopping off of this article if I'm Nick Casario. I would. Running back, possible cut, Browns, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Coming off a knee. Come on down. Sign me up. Coming off a knee. Here's what it says. I, I would have
3: to know the medicals, but yeah. just in a vacuum, the player. Let me. Let me hear
2: Browns you. want to keep Chubb and hope he can be an effective fourth quarter closer for them in the back half of the season. But He's recovering from two surgeries on his injured knee. He's due to carry a large salary cap charge of under sixteen million. I don't care about that. The Browns would only take on around four million in dead money if they cut Chubb. Okay, so they pick up about twelve million in cap savings. Now keep in mind, this is a team. Boy, this is where, this is where, in a weird way, if Chubb were to be healthy. And you sign him.
3: You're benefiting from the Deshaun it's Watson trade like all over you again. you picked
2: up Nick Chubb in the Deshaun Watson yeah. trade. No, I see. At right. a discount. I was picking up what you were putting down Because there. part of the Deshaun Watson trade was that damn contract. Yeah. That it, is going to choke these guys out yeah. over the next three years. And
3: part of the reason why they might have to make this decision is because, well, we gave all of this money to yeah. this limit of a you quarterback. We got three
2: first-rounders, a couple third-rounders, a fourth-rounder. And Nick Chubb. Two years later, <laughs> Nick Chubb is a player to be named later. Yeah, on a cheapo deal.
3: I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Now I, I need to know more about the medicals. Look under As the hood a little bit. Yes, like the two knee surgeries. That's not ideal. You know, uh, is Derrick Henry a healthier version of that? You know, like if we're just talking about a, you know, a, a guy that you can hand the ball off to in the cold and rain or whatever it is, they feel more like that. Whereas, you know, Saquon is more of a shinier object, Mm -hmm. but I I would be very intrigued by this.
2: Yeah, Chubb, Chubb, Healthy Chubb and Derrick Henry are more workhorses than Saquon is. Yes. Saquon is, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I've used this word a few times today, but there's a lot of sizzle that comes with. Saquon, it feels like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb are more steak.
3: But what they've all been is the bell, like the main feature of their offense, which yes. wouldn't be the case for any of them if they came here. C.J. Stroud's the guy here. Yeah. So now, you know, Chubb and or Henry, not and, but Chubb or Henry,
4: Dude. either
3: one would be you know, in a way different role than what they're used to in Cleveland. Like, it's not like, Hey, we're going to hand the ball off to this guy 30 times a game. No,
2: the pay will be according to that though, too, for them. You know, Nick Chubb ain't making 13, 14 million a year anymore. Yeah. Uh, So there's that too. Yeah. Um, Text message. Can we land Mike Evans and Barkley or Jacobs? if we can, will you do it? Mike from South park, they can do anything they want to, if they want to do it, they've got the cap space to do it. I'm going to tell you right now, they're not doing that. Yeah. They, they, uh, yeah, they're they're not doing that.
3: Yeah, I don't think they're doing they that. They would
2: either. do anything for love, but they yeah. won't do that as and, meatloaf. Once and if you're
3: said. and if you're asking me how I would spend somebody else's money in the name of the team that I root for, so being what we've been good, doing all day. Yeah. I, yes. You would do it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I would do it, but I'm irresponsible. I'm irrational. I am emotional, swear, and so no, swear, you swear know,
2: Landry drops the EA Sports
3: yeah, on you. yeah. No, I would. I would <laughs> EA. I would EA Sports the hell out of yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But is that feasible? Is that doable? Is somebody who's tasked with making rational decisions for your team, is that something that they would do? Yeah. No. Uh,
2: text message, Lamar Miller's the only guy in Texans history who can compete with Titus Howard for mishandled, mismanaged Texan. Great point, B, Scott. Yeah, that's, Lamar, that's interesting. they signed speed back Lamar Miller, and then Bill O'Brien runs him like he's Christian Okoye or something like that. <laughs> like, just... 30 times between the tackles. You got this, Lamar. It
3: felt like, too, though, the only difference here is that Lamar, it seems like he wanted that. Like he wanted to be taken yeah. more seriously than just being a scat back. He walk
2: walked back up the ramp yeah. by December. but
3: it just wasn't a good idea. I don't get the sense that Titus Howard has ever wanted to play guard. Yeah. They're just like, hey, we ain't got no more guards. Yep. We need your big ass to go play.
2: What's up, Lopez?
5: What's up, boys? How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, on the, 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 the deal you just made, as far as like signing Mike Evans and who?
2: Uh, the texter said, "Mike Evans and Barkley or Jacobs. Just get One you, of the two Get your credit
3: card out and just charge it.
5: I, and, and and you said you don't think they will do that. I don't know what they're gonna do, but you can do that. I don't well, they, think they, that's they, irresponsible. They
2: they, they can, no, I get it. They can do anything, and I'm not saying I wouldn't get excited about it. I don't think they're doing that. Right. Yeah.
5: Uh, but but like like B Scott was saying, yeah. any rational per, I think it's perfectly rational. You think you think so? Yeah." All right. Yeah, it, 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 because the running back's going to be on a short-term deal. Mike yeah. Evans is not going to get a six-year
2: deal.
3: Yeah. I, I love Lopez here where I'm doing the irrational thing, and then he's over here. That's as the, rational. He's the devil in my ear that's like, hey, man.
2: That's rational. Yeah, hey, man. I'd have to see what the numbers are for it first. but uh, Yeah. Hey, hey, take that fourth shot. Take that fourth shot. i you, you, tell you what. You do those, three's your limit. If you do those moves, you're probably not left over with a ton to do on defense. Correct. Spending money. Yeah. Correct. No. I, I think I, I get think that. we're on the
3: same page. Lopez and yeah. actually being okay with that. Yeah. Because we're, we're on with the that. you and I. I'm not speaking for you. You're, you're sitting right here. But we're on that D'Amico Ryan's pixie dust train, right? To where like you can figure out defense. I, and plus go I spend think, that money.
5: Plus I think you know with, with what they have with what they have on on defense, they've got some aging guys that can still have a little left in the tank. And have had some of the best seasons that they've ever had under D'Amico. Yeah. So you can, you know, I think you can mix and match there a little bit.
2: I just feel like the, from everything I've read, you know, look, there's still a lot of time between now and the draft. Like, it just, if this feels like wide receivers going to get addressed through the draft and with lower level guys than Mike Evans, the Schefter tweet announcing a Mike Evans deal would get me super excited. Of course. For sure. Yeah. Saquon too. Any of them. You know, so... um, so that's what we've been—we've just been spending the Texans' money all day today. What's we going should. on, Landry? How you doing? Yeah, you seem pretty frugal with it. Yeah, you seem pretty frugal with the uh, maybe with maybe the bread more than maybe bit. more than you guys seem seem a little bit frugal. <laughs> well, no, what we've it. been talking about is offense. Like I'd like to see them address the defense as well. Like that's that's. Oh the yeah, thing. they
3: definitely got to address the defense. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, Mike Evans has
2: been the big topic. I'm not as I'm like a I'm like a five on Mike Evans, whereas I think. You guys are I feel all- there's
5: still a lot of PTSD in this city, including in this room. Oh wow! Uh, no, no, I won't no, we'll we'll get right way. into that. No, I'm not we'll pick- get right into that. I'm not picking on anybody. That's a lead right there, there baby. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, it's like we still have that mindset of, oh no, you can't afford that. Yeah, they can.
2: Yes, they can. Right. No, no, I can crunch the numbers. Yeah. I know they can afford it. I, I, I But I'm, I'm wondering if it's the best use of resources. That's all. Yeah. It's not an endless credit card, John. Somebody's got to pay it at some point, okay? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> See what I mean? Frugal. Yeah. Hey, but, but, uh, Hey,
3: but give me Saquon and Mike Evans tell me about that credit card dude, No, dude it, it, it would be talk uh, to me later i don't it think clear. it's as expensive as it we're saying. making it out to be like I don't, right. I don't i don't i really
0: don't Saquon right, well,
5: will be two, well, two or three
3: years especially with the quarterback on the rookie deal and mm-hmm. you got an edge guy that's that's on a rookie deal hey, like hey. I, I don't i don't i really don't think it's i really don't
2: think it's that expensive i, I don't know if you guys can tell them that but I don't need to be sold because I'm down.
3: I'm with it. Let's do it.
2: Radio host in me is down. Texan fan in me is like a little cautious about it. That's all, but it would be exciting as hell. No doubt. Uh, All right. uh, B Scott, thank you for coming in today. Appreciate you. That was a lot of fun.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. news, in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we
1: conclusively sports,
3: clock at four, Donchich, the step
1: back three, you music, you set my world on fire. Yes, oh. and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this.